Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plowski, and I want you to want me. I know even angels fall in the new world of your winter. FNT? No, more like war when there's the weakness in me. It's Saturday night and Daz, 10 things I hate about you. Oh, one more thing. Joining us today are the usual atomic dogs, including Kevin, cruel to be kind, Jager. Yes. To be kind in the right. Kimberly, our wings of a dove game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. <laughs> And with us are the usual Padua high schoolers, two hammies and a tammy. Let's Woo-hoo! give a big, broad waist of welcome to friends of the show. Friends of the show. Aaron J. Albano, Haley Pachuna, and Nikisha Williams. Outside on my window makes me happy like it should be. <laughs> um, so this is very exciting. This is our first episode where we're only doing one movie. Um, so we have more time to talk about all 10 things, not just 3.3 of them. Um, so I'm nice. super excited nice. to do this with you all. Um, this um, theme that we're going with is high school Shakespeare. So we're talking about adapted uh, Shakespeare plays that were turned into high school um, teen uh, comedies or dramas, as we'll see next week. Um, but uh, this week we watched 10 The Great uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. But before we get into our love for all things 10 Things and our crushes, um, let's uh, talk a little bit about what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Haley, Haley, what are you drinking? Uh, just a vodka and a flavored seltzer. Beautiful. Uh, Nikisha, you're up next. So for my moonshine this week, it is Dynamite Cinnamon. And oh. just to, to ease off the edge, I put a little bit of apple juice in it, and it tastes oh, pretty cute. great. Nice. That sounds so good. Um, let's go with uh, Aaron. Um, I've got another Q-cock. Um, It is mm-hmm. Black Rose. Um, so it's El Jimador Blanco. So it's a tequila one. Um, uh-huh. With lime juice, pineapple juice, watermelon juice, mint, rose water, and activated charcoal. And a pinch Ooh. of shade also. <laughs> oh, cute. Kevin. Um, I am in week six of my uh, Built for the States challenge, so I'm still not drinking. Uh, um, so I have a uh, lemon lime seltzer. Cool. Uh, and Kimberly. I have a gin and tonic. Beautiful. <laughs> the straw. With the straw. And Ry, what are you drinking? I am drinking a little bit of. Uh, Milagro tequila. I drank a lot of it already, um, but Milagro tequila in um, uh, on the rocks, but the rocks have melted uh, with a sprink uh, of uh, lime juice and uh, a little bit of lime seltzer. In your cursed child cup. Oh, in my cursed child cup. Keep the secret. Or maybe you don't have to. I don't know anymore. Um, but we're There are no secrets because there is no Broadway. Yeah, exactly. The secret is read the play. You can do that too. Um, but, uh, on that note, let's get into 10 things I hate about you. Um, this came out in 1999. Um, so we have that as a very, what did it go ahead, Kevin? Sorry. I was gonna say Aaron was a young man of 43. <laughs> I was going to say that was one of the best VMAs ever. It was that year. So, oh yeah, that was. 
And that was Brittany. when it was at Lincoln Center. Lil Kim had her one of her boobies out, and oh Brittany yes, with Instinct, like it was epic. Yeah. Christina Aguilera performed with uh, Limp Biscuit. Oh God, maybe I'm a historian over What a time capsule! What a time capsule! Right. But um, a little some fun facts about this film. Uh, this is based on Taming of the Shrew um, uh, by Shakespeare. Uh, you may also know it via Kiss Me Kate. Um, this was directed by Gil Younger. This was his first movie. Um, he is mostly known for TV shows and made for TV movies. It grossed a total of $38 million, a little bit over $38 million in the States and Canada, and uh, a little bit over $15 million in other the rest of the world. So it made a little, it made about uh, $53 million and a half uh, worldwide. Um, it, it took $16 million to make, so it was a pretty good hit. Um, it was nominated for 17 Choice Awards. Uh, the band playing in the middle of the movie, at, as well as the prom at the end, is Letters from Cleo, who we know from Josie and the Pussycats, um, who wrote who those was. songs and sang those uh, songs. That's for who that Angela was. Cook. Whoa. Um, this was later turned into a short-lived television show for ABC Family. The only carryover was um, Larry uh, Miller, um, but that only lasted a couple episodes. Um, some other fun facts. This was Heath Ledger's first American movie. Um, just some of the uh, some of the pieces about how it reflects Shakespeare. Bianca and Kat's last name is Stratford. That's Shakespeare where he was born, Stratford-upon-Avon. Patrick's last name is Verona. Uh, Petruchio, the corresponding character from the play. Um, the high school is called Padua, which is the city where the play is set. Um, and the sister names are uh, uh, Katerina and Bianca, same as in the play. Um, this is a weird one. Um, Patrick sings Can't Take My Eyes Off of You by Frankie Value to Cat. This makes Heath Ledger the third actor to sing this song prior to playing a Batman villain. The first was Christopher Walken in The Deer Hunter before going on to play Max Shrek in Batman Begin, uh, Batman Returns, excuse me. And then Michelle Pfeiffer, who was also in Batman Returns as Catwoman, sang it in The Fabulous Baker Boys. That's some um, Trivial Pursuit yeah. stuff right there. Super weird. Um, and according to the director, there was a huge concern about Heath Ledger's Australian accent, but the director kept it in uh, and uh, fought with producers to keep it in because it made him dangerous and sexy. Oh. Um, so this is a pretty, not direct, but a pretty uh, semi-faithful, at least in storyline, um, adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. Um, but um, let's get into it. Let's go around the horn um, and figure out what your relationship with this film was. Um, and then um, your overall thoughts for this viewing. Um, Nikisha, let's start with you. Yeah, so I definitely watched this movie, uh, not when it first came out. When it first came out, I was nine, ten years old. But like when it used to come on, when it was ABC Family, before it was Freeform, and it would come on there all the time, I would totally uh, watch it. I love Heath Ledger. Um, but this time around, one thing I will say about it, I kept laughing hysterically when he was singing uh, to Cat because it reminded me of Not Another Teen movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> when Josie's <laughs> got a name, gun. Yes, her name was Janie. 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 Yes, her name was Janie. And they sang that song, and then all the police just rush <laughs> and like <Yeah>. clothesline <laughs> her. So that's literally this time around, I was just dying the whole time. But uh, yeah, so I've seen it a couple of times before. So this was a nice uh, nostalgic thing. But I forgot that Gabrielle Union was in this movie. So that was like really random to see her still look the same age as she does now, which I'm totally yeah. yes. Literally. Yes. All right. um, uh, Kimberly. Um, Nikisha and I are the same age, I guess, because I was also nine or 10 when this came out. Uh, and I also watched it many times, like from the middle to the end on ABC Family or like, just until dinner was ready on ABC Family. Um, so I hadn't sat down and watched it full through in a very long time. And Jay and I also, at like the opening credits, we were like, Gabrielle Union's in this. And there were a few, I forget who else. We were like, they're in this movie? Allison Janney? Bernard the Elf? Allison Janney. A.K.A. Brian, you have to play Bernard in a musical. Brian, have you told me? <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you guys heard my David Crumholtz story? No. Well, now that we're only talking about one movie, I can tell it. Um, <laughs> I may have I may have told this before on the podcast, but um, it it's so good. We were out watch. We were out going. I forget what Marvel movie we were going to see, but me, um, Jay, enemy of the show, and Jeremy Jordan were out going to see. Um, I think it was one of the Captain America, maybe it was Civil War. I don't remember. Civil War, because um, I wasn't there. Because what? I wasn't there. Oh, okay. So we're going to see Civil War. <laughs> but, we, but beforehand, we went to a, a Mexican restaurant. And we were saying they're eating. And these girls start to look over at us. We all, you know, and and they, they, and, and, um, and, uh, they were looking. And then, you know, they kept looking over. Um, Jeremy's back was to Jay and I. So, um Jay and I could see they were looking over, but Jeremy was didn't notice. Um, and then they finished their meal. We were still eating. It wasn't a big deal. And they came over, and they were they were nice. They were probably uh, had a couple of drinks in them. And um, they came up to us and they said to all of us, they um, they said, "I'm so sorry. Like, do we do we know you from somewhere?" And and um, and we all were like, we played along with them. Like, yeah, of course. Like, do you, like, where do you think you know us from? He's like, I don't know. And then Jeremy says, oh, yeah, that's David Crumholtz. He points at me, you know, no. from, from the Santa Claus. And, and they were like, oh, my God, you're right. So, no. I'm thinking, so, these, so these, gir- these girls take a picture with me thinking I'm David Crumholtz. But and Jeremy takes the picture and takes some <laughs> selfies of himself on their camera and then takes a picture of the three of us. So, <laughs> that's so amazing. That is, girls, that is a beautiful story. That's so, incredible. That's my David Crumholt story. <laughs> it's my incredible. favorite. And then the entire movie, Jay and I just kept going, it's Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh <laughs> yeah, that's my Crumholt story. Um sorry, Kimberly, what were your high level thoughts? Hi, little thoughts. Um, great, great film. I remembered it. Film. Film. It's a film. Um, I remembered parts of it slightly differently. I remember it being longer, but that's probably because I always watched it with commercials. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I really enjoyed that all of these high schoolers looked like high schoolers. Sure. Amen. Especially when she's in her soccer uniform. I was like, oh, she looks like my sister in high school. Mm. Uh, Kevin um, I'm a little older than Nikisha and Kimberly I was like 14 when this came out um, I watched this with my siblings all the time we used to quote it to each other all the time like we used to say things like those Dawson River, Dawson's River kids jumping in out of people's beds like there's so many quotable lines in this movie um, so I watched it a lot growing up. I also watching it this time was like, wait, no, he's supposed to say that. And then I remembered it was the gag reel that I was also remembering from. Sure. The- um, but yeah, I, I watched this a lot as, as a young person, but hadn't seen it in a long time. So it was really, really awesome to uh, dive back into it. And I have lots of thoughts, especially I feel like this is one of the beginning times where like a lead girl who's like, a like different alternative girl speaks in that like Gilmore girls style of like large vocabulary speaking faster than people and like sounding like a writer's room instead of like a normal person talking. Yes. Yes. Amen. What? Then I immediately after we're like, do you want to watch some Gilmore girls? Yeah, it's very much that kind of like Gilmore Girls like syntax of like how she speaks. We, that's so funny. We watched Days and Confused after this because we wanted more like authentic high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Haley. See, my uh, authentic high school would be more Mean Girls, um, not the musical. Uh, so let me go through my, my, I have a few notes and it will just be fast. So my <laughs> notes were, OMG nostalgia, Padua double laugh face. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Patrick Verona single laugh face. <laughs> so many Mean Girls elements. Julia Styles best work. Dance on the table must be her audition for the dance movie that she was in. So I thought the is. same thing. She that actually helped her. One of some of the trivia I also read is that actually like that's how they like at least the directors like n- when she became more famous like yeah. or like 
like this became popular, um, that was they, they could see that she could dance regardless of how you define the dancing. Um, but that was one of those that like helped. Um, also, I forgot to mention um, a sequel, an indirect sequel was made to this 10 Things I Hate About Life um, that never that hasn't finished filming yet. I'm not sure if it was because of Corona or <laughs> um, no. it was, but like not with it's any still of in them. production. It's still, yeah, it's still, still, it's still going. Um, I mean, yeah. And then the last note I had was it just really makes me miss Heath Ledger. That's it. Sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, before we move on, let's let's uh, raise a glass. To Academy Award winning actor Heath Ledger. Yeah. And Knight. Magic Man. Yeah. <clears throat> Casanova. Knight's my Tale. My high level thoughts. Monster. <laughs> Monster's Ball, I mean. A poster in my room in high school. Um, uh, and Aaron. So, like Kevin, I was not nine when this movie came out, but <laughs> I was late on the uptake. I, I think I remember. Renting this from Blockbuster. Ah, I remember renting it from Blockbuster yes. because, and I think I watched it, I think I picked it up after Save, I watched Save the Last Dance because I was like knee deep in all the dance movies and I was like, oh, sure. she did another movie. And then also like, oh, I know Heath Ledger. Let's watch this. They did this movie together. Let's watch it. And then I was living. Um, so yeah, I was late on it, but I lived for it. And I, cause I also loved Andrew Keegan from, Oh God, many things. Camp Nowhere, main, from Camp Nowhere. Let's be real. Nowhere. We're going to take, I mean, back. honestly, Kevin? not one of where I love uh, him from. from Kevin his, will know. From his new religion, the full circle. <laughs> no, not that either. From the gay movie called the broken hearts club. Yes. He was he so good coming. in that. Like, Mm-hmm. Kevin will know that one. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I've had Aaron, a crush on... Aaron. With yeah. Dean Cain. With a lot of people. Yeah. With, <laughs> with Timothy Oliphant and... and Zach, yeah. Is that Graff in it? Yes. Lots, yeah. of, lots of straight men playing gays in yeah. the Broken Hearts Club um, at the turn of the century. But And then I also had a big crush on Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, uh. Yes. So... Crushes had by all in this movie. It was great. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. What I, what I, so I had, I was 13 when this came out, Sweet Sweet Barman's Fear. And um, I, uh, I, I, so I felt like this was my first time watching it. I have seen it before, but I, I literally remembered, except for Heath Ledger singing, I remembered very little of this movie. Yes, yes, I agree. Sorry to jump in, but like, no, I sorry. only remember him singing. And then I remember the girls sitting on that beautiful veranda and she was like, do you want to go like sailing with us or something? And I was mm. like, I want to live in that house. Sure. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts about having watched it this time. Um, but I think something fun that we could do now that we're only talking about one movie at a time is give this a little bit of context about where these people were when this movie was filmed. Okay. Um, so um, this was really all of their first like big movie. Um, um Julia Stiles had been had a small part in The Devil's Own um, and in Wide Awake, but this was her first thing. This is when the next thing she did was Down to You. Then she was Ophelia in Hamlet, um, in the um, Ethan Hawke Hamlet, um, State in Maine. Then she did Save the Last Dance two years later. Then O, oh, which we're going to watch next week. And then she was in the the Bourne movies um, uh, and those. Oh, and yeah. then she was in like. So this was like the someone start. Made, her- someone made that choice to put her in all of those. So much and Shakespeare. Then, and then yeah. she, she's in like Silver Linings Playbook in like her, you know, in the oh, yeah. like in a weird role. Which I just watched. In, and in what? Hustlers. Yes, she's in Hustlers. Um, she's <gasps> the reporter. Yes. Yeah. Great movie. Barely remember that. Um, yeah. And then That's she also did uh, a season of season five of Dexter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that. Um, and then you have obviously Heath Ledger. This was his first American movie, as I mentioned. And, you know, we know his career turned out to be awesome. And um, we wish there was more of it. He won the Oscar for Best Supporting for The Dark Knight um, after he passed away. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt had already been a child actor at this point. Um, he was in Beethoven. He was in Angels in the Outfield before this. Um, oh my gosh. H2O, uh, Halloween H2O. Um, oh, yeah. And then he was, um, 
And then Third Rock from the, he was had already been on Third Rock from the Sun. That started in ninety nine. Nice. Huge star. Yeah. Um, that like Hanson haircut. He had such long hair yes. in that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Andrew Keegan, um, Camp uh. Nowhere, Independence Day. Oh yes. Uh, he's like uncredited. He's a small part in that. Um, and then he went on to do like oh teenage caveman uh, midsummer night's rave like, um, uh, and he did a lot of TV he was on uh, uh, Thunder Alley um, Full House he was on for a while he was Stephanie's uh, boyfriend yes he was oh, really? Full House Stephanie's or boyfriend. Old Full House Old Full House ninety five Full House got it he was on he was on an episode of Boy Meets World Sabrina yes. Uh, and then he was on a he was on um, Seventh Heaven for twenty two episodes as Mary's like on and off again bad boy about boyfriend. Yeah, he had a he, he was a teenager with a kid. Yes. Wow. That's what it was. Oh. Yeah, Speaking yeah, yeah. Family. And then Broken Hearts Club. Speaking yes. of family, is really what. Oh, he's on two episodes of Step by Step. Step by Step. Legend. Oh, now I want to watch Broken Hearts Club. Wow, he was a he was um, a he was a Disney boy, and we didn't yes. even realize it. And then we have uh, someone who I can't keep my uh, I can't keep myself contained. Oh my god! Can you tell this? Can you tell this story? So my first like real crush is uh, Larissa Lanik, Alex Mack. Alex Mack. Secret uh, world of Alex Mack. The secret world of Alex Mack. The Babysitters yes. Club. This um, mm -hmm. Mad Men. Um, but <laughs> long story short. I don't know what it is, but I have I have seen her in person twice now. Um, the first time I was at a bar for a friend's birthday and she was doing something off Broadway and she was sitting there with people and I literally couldn't keep it together that I had to leave the bar. Like, wow. I don't know what it is. Like, I like, and I don't freak out at people, like famous people, whatever, or like, Apparently don't, you do. don't do that. This is like the, I didn't, I never experienced it. But like, I needed her to like me. You know, like it was crazy. Um, so I left the bar. I just, I like, I had to walk around the bar. I, I just left the bar. I couldn't be there. The second time is when we went to see Baghdaddy. And, um, I don't know if Kevin and Kimberly knew this at that point that I, this, I was like, this was a thing. You um, told us on the way there to warn us. But little did I know there was like actor audience interaction before it started. And she was walking around like near us, like talking to people. And I was like, if she talks to me, I don't know what I'll do. Like, I just like I got very nervous. I like grabbed the two of them very tightly. I was sweating. Yeah, I have I have almost never seen Brian this like unhinged. He was just like he was like beside himself and like we were just like just breathe, dude. And like like I think I even sat on the I sat on the aisle so that she couldn't get like right to you to talk. Because there was a right. runway. You sat on the aisle and I sat next to the runway, and then Brian sat in the middle, yep. and then. I don't think we realized how serious it was because at the beginning you could go up and get donuts from the stage and like the actors were already there because it's supposed to be like a self-help group. Um, and I was thinking like, go get a donut, like say hey. And he was like, I can't, I can't. I can't. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, 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 that's, that's, that's amazing. That's adorable. That's that. amazing. Well, I guess this is our weird ask if she wants to come on and talk about Baghdadi. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her like, on the street once in Midtown and I thought she was someone I knew. So this is pre-mask, obviously. But I was like, <laughs> oh, and we're just walking by each other. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm like, I don't know her. And then I'm like, <gasps> and then, as we all know, what? she was on three episodes of Boy Meets World as a Sean's like girlfriend or something like oh, yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So I saw... So I saw Julia Stiles in Mid in Midtown once. Like this was like maybe cool. two years ago, and there were these two like giant, like probably like three four inches taller than me, like roided out giant dudes sitting on this stoop while she was walking, and she had like a Mets hat on, like trying to like be low key. And these guys just start going, Julia, Julia, and he's like, "You can't hide from me, girl. I know you. I know who you are." And she turned around and was like, okay, hi. And he was like, no, I need an autograph. You famous girl. And like, <laughs> she came over and they didn't have anything for her to sign. So he just gave her his baseball hat and she signed the brim of his hat. It was the weirdest celebrity Amazing. interaction I've ever seen. 
And then as she walked away, they chanted Julia. They're like, Julia, Julia. But she just kind of like awkwardly waved and walked. It was amazing. One of my favorite things, though, is when you see a famous person, they see that they you see they see you. And yes, here's an example. But like, but you don't say anything, but you know that they're like mentally preparing. So I was at a speakeasy bar on a date um, uh, in the West Village. Um, and the date had not come and met me there, but I went up and got drinks and I went to sit down this lounge area and Emma Stone was sitting there. Um, so I go up to Emma Stone and you can tell she just like, you could see her, her eyes are huge. They widen even further. They're just like, like, I'm at a speakeasy. Like I thought I would like, I didn't want to deal with this. And all I did was, Hey, is anyone sitting here? And she was like, Oh no. I was like, thank you so much. And I sat down and like, I don't know. They brought me great pleasure for like seeing her like react, but then like not like playing on it and then my date came or whatever it was and like um and like she was on a date or meeting someone up with a friend or something like that but like i love those moments of like that yes. the the like the like that purgatory of will they won't they mm-hmm. yes um <laughs> so let's let's get into this a little bit a uh, little bit more um uh, what are your thoughts of like how how it was adapted, like how the high school was portrayed. Um, and we can even get into some of the misogynist, sexist stuff if you wanted to there. Um, but um, let's, uh, anyone, whoever wants to start. Um, I didn't remember the English teacher very vividly until this watch. And immediately I was like, he is the best part of this film. Where is he? Oh, I um, definitely remembered him. He's one of my to be a high schooler because he looks the same age as them. And I was like, that has taken over for the spring. Like, what's his deal? I wanted the movie to be about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm obsessed when he sends her to the office for liking the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> I also love how he called her out of being like, someone who has privilege and was still complaining about things. Yes. <laughs> and he was just like, Please, there is an incredible made-for-TV movie through Disney called Toothless starring Kirstie Alley. And uh, forgive me, I don't remember his name, who, the teacher. Um, we will find this and cut it in post. Um, <laughs> but, oh, literally the second thing on my list is Toothless because I was like, oh, I know is in Toothless. It is. Daryl Mitchell. He's incredible. Um, I suggest you all watching Toothless. It's a wonderful World of Disney uh, movie and he's fantastic in it. Does he have teeth? Yes, he does. Kirstie Alley is the Tooth Fairy. Ah. Mm. Oh, I remember that movie. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, um, that's remember. I also, to get dark for a second, for some reason, Jay was like, isn't something bad about Johnny, is that his name? Andrew Keegan's character? Mm-hmm. I like really remembered in my head. I was like, oh yeah, he date raped her. But that is not- I true. remembered that too. Wait, oh. where my mind went. Oh, Julia yeah. Scott. I remember something, like, I remember they didn't like each other. I did, but, Joey. I mean, and his name's Joey, sorry. Oh, I remembered, like, I didn't remember that the reveal was that like they were dating and slept together and that she said she didn't want to anymore. And he dumped and You her. thought it was more- it was deeper I, I than that. I really remembered that, like, he had date raped her. And I was like, I don't understand why she's not being, like, more aggressive to get her sister away from this boy. And then I was like, oh, it, he's just an asshole. Oh, okay. I did well, not just catch in, that. Just in general, because I, I mean, I, like, I have a moderate knowledge. And by moderate, I'm being generous. A moderate knowledge of Shakespeare storylines. And I was like, how... And you said that this is pretty darn true, right? To, I mean, n- the answer reason. to that is like, no, it's not darn true. But like, in terms of like the basic <laughs> plot, in terms of like, one has to, one has to go for the other one. They want to, they, they, they like do crazy Shakespeare schemes to get the first one to date him, sure. all that fun stuff. I mean, yeah, the idea that like, I mean, <laughs> the misogynistic idea that like, everybody owns Alex Mack is a little rough watch a rough a rough go in this watch um in 2020 but but that's and that's when i was like wait is this just characteristic of these movies or is this characteristic of shakespeare 
and I couldn't decide. I agree that like there's that misogynistic overtone, but like I don't argue that 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 doesn't sometimes exist in the way that high school hierarchy is set up. Like I obviously don't agree with it, but like the way that those jocks are acting about this girl is like how I remember boys in high school talking about girls. Oh, for sure. But where, where it got awkward was, and I think I texted the group this quote that is not said by the people we don't like. It's nope. said by our heroes. And it is, hold on, where is it? Oh, you texted it's, said, it's said from, it's said from Heath Ledger to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And he says, secondly, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. Which I'm like, in some ways, yes. But when that what is a who, that's a problematic statement. And this is said (laughs) by our heroes. So it's not said by like the people we're not supposed to emulate. And that's when I was just like, is this like, hmm. And it's here's a movie where you're like, yeah, he's such a good friend. Heath Ledger fools. But then if you really think about what he said, it's like, he maybe should have asked, like, do, do you think she likes you? Yeah, problematic AF. It's well, like, okay. I, mean, I, I agree with you it's problematic, but I think what they were trying, I mean, it, the language, like, the language of it is wrong, but I think what they're trying to go for is he's trying to, he didn't, he didn't say, like, don't let, don't let anyone tell you you can't have what you want. I think he's trying to say, like, don't let people feel like you're not good enough to be with someone. Like, they may not want to be with you and, like, you don't deserve to be with them. But, like, it was more because, like, the context of the conversation, he was saying that, like, he's not cool enough to date her. He's not, like, popular enough. And, like, she wouldn't like him. And he's like, don't let anybody think that, like, you don't deserve somebody that you want to be with. So I think it was more he was trying to make him not, like, I, but, like, the way it's framed is is problematic. But I think yeah. that's what- my, I think that's what they were trying to say. I could, I could buy that as a, like, a retcon, like, justification, but the words are still the words. Okay. And that's where I'm like, go. No I was more thrown off by, like, when Kat shows her, like, her breast to the teacher to get him out of detention. Absolutely. Like, yes. There's so many problems Absolutely. with that. And, like, the way, so the, much. the way the teacher acts when it happens instead of being, like, shocked and, like, and then that she just walks out. Like everything about and the fact that she walks out and has to be embarrassed because like all those kids in detention, even though her back was to them, they also saw it or like they know she did it. Mm-hmm. Like that was a moment where I was like, Oh, this is like the like teen comedy of like the late nineties, early two thousands, just objectifying a girl's body for yeah. comedy. So, and like well, that part I was like, Oh, I didn't remember this. Oh, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here's a question for the group. And Nikisha, why don't you start? Um, yeah. Who is the hero of this movie? And does the movie do a good job of um, conveying that that said person is the hero? That's a hard question because I, like everyone is saying, the movie really doesn't age well. So watching it now, I don't really pinpoint a hero. It's just a matter of people who... um, got what they wanted at the end. Uh, so I don't know. That's, that's a hard question. If I had to choose maybe Kat, but then at the end, even when she was the, the, the turning point of her coming back to Heath Ledger to me seems like 
unrealistic and way too soon for her to just be all forgiving and be like, okay, and now we're going to be together and you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's hard, but I would pick, I would say cat if I had to, if I had to pick somebody, anybody else. I mean, it's definitely that like Shakespeare trope where there are three couples at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a double it's hard to, comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, um, pick just one hero, but all three, because who would be the, who would be the couples? Cat and Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Alex Mack. And, and then, then the friend. And Brian and Maureen. Brian and Maureen. And so, yeah, yeah, but like, I don't know. It's also <laughs> like, it's hard because I do think they all, if I were to pick one, I'd probably say it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's story most out of that's who i would have said would have been the hero as well he's set up at the beginning as the one you're supposed to root for and then he steps into this ensemble of characters where we figure out that we want all of them to succeed but he's the first i would say because he's the new surrogate at the beginning because he's the new kid yeah yeah i would agree that i think joseph ford levitt is the hero of this movie I think you could make an argument for Cat being the hero, but I think the original source material of The Taming of the Shrew is an incredibly misogynistic play. And yeah. Unbelievably like problematic to the point that like I don't actually like the musical Kiss Me Kate because I find that like very problematic and Whoa. very When very- we saw it, I remember when we saw it, we were like, this is an incredible production and they tried to change as much as they could, but like, it still comes off icky and there's nothing you can do about it yeah. unless you do something, unless you don't do Kiss Me Kate. It's another, <laughs> it's another example of like Grease, where like the whole arc for the main female is that she has to change and be like complicit to what the man wants in order for her to be happy. Yeah, and like, I think is why I like retconned in my brain that he had date raped her and that's why she like was able to like change a little bit because she had overcorrected her life as a result of trauma and not as a result of like her personality sucks, which is mm-hmm. true. Um, so I think in my brain, I like just added that level to her character that like she sure. was because she had a reason to be. But also... Sorry. No. no go, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to say on the Joseph Gordon-Levitt thing, but he also knew that money was being paid for Kat to go be taken out. So for me, that's why I don't see him as a hero because it's also just a... I mean, I get it um, in, in the general aspect of it, but that act in itself to me like kind of puts, for me, him out of the running in that. Yeah. It's the George Bailey effect. The girl on the quad and was like, that one, please. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the George Bailey effect. It's like, okay, un- uncle lost the money at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, but then everyone gives them money. That doesn't negate the fact that the first amount of money is still missing and you are a thief and didn't pay your loan back. Like, yeah. just because Heath Ledger <laughs> bought the guitar doesn't mean that he still didn't take the money. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, and so that's one thing, but also, I also find it super interesting that this movie really does try to flesh the the cat character out, um, more so than that, but man, everyone is just so mean to her just because she has kind of a nasty attitude. And in today's world, her attitude was the only person I was agreeing with in this. Yes. Yes. And yes. that was agree. what was weird. She was being labeled as this bitch by by the by, by the Allison Jenny Gross guidance counselor, by her dad, by other people, by like other classmates. Meanwhile, she's the only one making sense to me in yes. this, like as how this movie has arrived. So like, age, oh my god, that sorry. Besides the English teacher, besides the English teacher, like it was such a weird <laughs> feeling of like, like. It was just like, it felt gross. Also, the Joey character was so over-the-top misogynist. When everyone else wasn't as over-the-top, it was, it was, it felt very offsetting. Because you had to believe that Alex Mack could sense it and, like, decide to go away. That's fair. (laughs) Makes sense. But still, it it is still... 
Not oh. to tour a puddle of G G six one sixty one. Whoa! But like Gabrielle Union jumped on that. Oh, that's also that's the other thing. Why was she a terrible friend? Also, like, why was she prom dress the night of prom just ready? If she knew that, if if the Gabrielle Union character, also she doesn't age. Um, the Gabrielle Union character knew what Joey's plan was that night. Like, and she still went with him. That like boggled my mind. Well, and that's also, I, think I, that, I knew that girl. I knew that girl in high school who like, she didn't care because right now she's the most popular. So it doesn't yes. matter. Like, so like, that's and actually. she's an underclassman. So all she wants is to be liked. Yeah. So that, that happened. Those girls made those decisions. And I didn't like that. Like we, I feel like if this movie had been made today, we would have seen the other side of it. That's the sad side that a girl feels like that can be like validating for her instead of just making her like the evil bitch friend who turns on Alex Mack. Well, this movie wouldn't be made today. I think, I don't think, I think there's too much of it where that, that goes counter, that goes counter, countercultural to what we believe in 2020 that like, like there was definitely, and I texted the group. I was like, I feel like, these movies are definitely from a generation where these values were valued and they, and there was a shift in culture somewhere in the two thousands where this wasn't okay anymore. Like there was definitely a shift somewhere in the, in the two thousands where we went from girls like turning on each other to girl power movies. And that's, I feel like that was an intentional shift because we have all of these movies in the 90s where you'll have the backstabbing best friend and that's just a trope of these movies. And so I think that uh, coupled with all of the misogyny that's in the movie, I don't know if it would be made today. Is it, is it also a trope or like a thing of this time period that like the backstabbing friend is like the one diverse character in the cast? Oh, I, okay. So to answer that, sorry to jump in, but that just reminded me of the movie Jumanji, which the new one that came out, and it's not the basis of the story, but the main character um, who is white and then his best friend who was black, the black best friend ends up becoming the jock and becoming popular. And then they break up as friends because the main character is not cool anymore but then when they get sucked into the game and all that stuff happens, that's their bonding thing. But it's still a movie that came out like what, two, three years ago. And it's still that mm. kind of trope of like kind of the backstabbing side friend, you know, of a different mm-hmm. ethnicity. Like that's, it was kind of slid in there. It's not as obvious as it was in the other sure. movie, but it's still there. So yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> something also to, to bring up here, um, about this movie is it was written by two women, but directed by a man, which I think we've seen a lot of weirdly in that mm. um, the script feels more progressive than the movie is. I would Does agree that make that. sense? Yeah. 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 So like, I'm, you know, like, so I think we've seen that a couple of times through inclusive of um, uh, fighting temptations and things like that. Um, so that's always interesting to see like that breakdown of things. Um, um, but also these type of movies didn't exist for a long time after in the, in the two thousands, because the, the landscape of Hollywood changed a lot where you really only had blockbusters because they made money and independent movies because they cost so little to make and they made a lot of money. So you had like horror movies and genre like that, this middle of the road, 19 million, $20 million, um, budget movie wouldn't make enough money to justify its own existence. So you you lost a lot of these types of movies and they've only been bought, brought back because of things like Netflix and Hulu, like um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, um, or um, the, one of the, I, I guess one of the flukes or that helped is, um, uh, what, what's um, what's it, Dirty Rich? Crazy, crazy Rich crazy, Asians. Crazy Rich crazy, Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. Be, I don't know why I could think of it. Because like that, like, that exploded, but because people don't get those movies and, and like forget about like representation for just a second in that movie. It was like a middle of the road, well-made mo- rom-com that yeah. was 
and theatrical release that made a gigantic amount of money. Like that doesn't happen anymore for those mid-level movies. And now you see a ton of them on um, on like Netflix. What was the one with um, Ali Wong that was like great? Oh, um, always, be my maybe. Maybe. always be my maybe. Always be my maybe. Oh my god, like, it's so good. You just don't it's get great. those anymore, awesome. and they're coming back a yeah. little bit more. Um, but you know what was also coming back that I've seen? Tuesdays <laughs> in the corner <laughs> with Kevin. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the first movie, Kevin's Corner. So what I thought would be fun is um, this movie had a lot of people that we've seen in other movies who moved on to bigger careers. So I picked a random line from each of these random people's uh, Wikipedia pages. And I'm going to see if any of you can guess who the person is based on this one random fact. Okay. So the first one is actually a fact about the movie. Cause I just want to see if anybody can pick this out. I feel like Brian will probably get this right. So this movie was released March 31st, 1999. It was the number two domestic or movie at the domestic box office during its opening weekend. What was the number one movie that beat it that weekend? I, I know this because I read the Wikipedia. So I'm going to What year? 1999. It was the number two movie. There was a number one movie that like exploded at the box office. Drive me crazy. It was an action film. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the biggest groundbreaking like cinematography and like Impossible? Mission Impossible? No. The Matrix. Fast and the Matrix is correct. Oh, nice. At the same time as The Matrix. All right, so now we're getting into the people. So I'm going to read out some facts about each of these people, or about a person, you're going to tell me who you think it is from the cast that this applies to. Okay. So we'll go to the one that Brian already ruined. Uh, this person played a minor role in 1996's smash hit Independence Day. Andrew Keegan. Sorry. Uh, One. This person attended architectural school at Parsons School for Design. Marissa Allen? Allison Janney? Uh, The answer is Susan May Pratt, Maureen. Oh, nice. Good for Maureen. Uh, this person was an avid chess player, often playing in tournaments when they were young. And then as an adult, they played with chess enthusiasts in Washington Square Park. Brian. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was going to say Brian. <laughs> uh, the answer is Heath Ledger. Oh. Work. Work. This person began an acting career in San Francisco's production of Les Mis in 1989 after seeing an audition ad in the newspaper when they were eight. After performing the musical, they were referred to an agent by their co-star Ryder Strong, who began to take, and that's when they started taking formal acting lessons. Is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Gordon-Levitt, yeah. Yeah. Larissa Olenek? Correct, Aaron, that was Larissa Olenek. Aaron's still cheating. Even her I'm not cheating. Her Wikipedia page says is, says that she was cast in two different singing roles, Young Eponine and Young Cosette. And I was like, girl, that's just the track. That's not two different that's roles. Just the- <laughs> <laughs> okay. At the age of 13, this person followed their friends to an open audition for a Broadway, the Broadway play Conversations with My Father. And they won the role and made their Broadway debut opposite Judd Hirsch, Tony Shalhoub, and Jason Biggs. Um, Brian. Correct. That is David (laughs) Crumbles. That family. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Almost all of his Wikipedia page just talks about him being very Jewish. Like, he talks a lot about how he grew up in a very Jewish New York home and, like, everything is just how he played. He played Uh, in Santa Claus. But yet he's He's in the Santa Claus. Yeah, correct. He's the head elf. This person is... loves baseball and is an avid fan of the New York Mets and they threw the first ceremonial pitch before the May 29th 2006 Mets game. I'm going to guess Julia Stiles Julia based Stiles. on your description of her walking through the city. That is correct, Julia Stiles. <laughs> of course I remember you said Mets hat in that story. Oh, I did. Uh this person made their Broadway debut in the revival of Present Laughter 
and they went on to win a Drama Desk Award and receive Tony Award nominations for their performance in the 1997 Broadway revival of A View from the Bridge. Alice and Jamie? Correct. Thank Oz. <laughs> this person previously directed and edited two short films, both of which were released in 2010. Morgan M. Morganson's Date with Destiny and Morgan and Destiny's 11th Date, The Zeppelin Zoo. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Correct. This person's Why first- Why am I keeping score? Oops. I, okay. I am. I have three. I'm winning. Uh, this person's first acting job was the MC in the TV series Fame. They gained mainstream attention for their part in a popular or for their part in popular scenes in the movie Pretty Woman, involving them as a store clerk. Oh, the dad. The dad. Larry Miller. Yeah. Larry dad. Miller. Nice. And last but not least, in 2017, this person released their first book, a memoir entitled We're Going to Need More Wine. Oh, is that Gabrielle Union? That is Gabrielle Union. Nice. I was looking for that title. <laughs> and this has Perfect. been Kevin's Corner. Movie edition. All right, Kevin. Let's uh before we play our game, uh let's go around any final thoughts and who's your MVP? Okay. Can I go first? Yeah. My MVP is a hundred percent bogey Lowenstein. <laughs> because he is the most ridiculous character I've ever seen. And I remember thinking, how is he hitting golf balls toward where people are playing? Like he's going to hurt someone. And then they actually threw the gag when he hits the coach with the ball. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that like his, the whole thing, they do so many gags of his party where like his house is being destroyed and he's just like, thank you. Sorry. So he was like that, like quintessential late nineties, early two thousands nerd. So I was obsessed with Bogie Lowenstein. <laughs> my final thought is all of my life. Well, not, for like the past 10 years, I have been attributing I know you can be overwhelmed and underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed to Clueless? But that is from this movie, and I apologize to Larissa Lanik <laughs> and Gabrielle Union because the way that they play that whole thing about her being like, them being like, oh, she's so smart. And then like she floats in and says something really, really dumb. Like, oh, that's because you don't have a, a Prada backpack. Like that whole thing about, but I love my Skechers. Well, duh, because you don't have one. Oh, right. That was little, so high school. Like, every so girl had a black Kate Spade backpack, and it was like a big deal. And if you didn't have that backpack, and it was like, <laughs> this backpack thing was big. But like, if you did not have that backpack and the MAC lip glass, like, get out. Yep. Oh, glass. <laughs> Here's like, where that in her Oops, I Did It Again video. The butterfly mm. clips and like the butterfly t shirt, like, everything about this, I was just like, this was my high school experience. Same. Yes. Um, who wants to go next? MVP and uh, uh, final thoughts. Um, obviously, MVP are the Cowboys. Um, why is there a cowboy click? Why are they lassoing? Why are they eating beans from a can? Uh, 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 uh. MVP and final thoughts all in one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. I'll go. Oh, oh, never mind. No, um, real quick, the MVP for me is the teacher, hands down kept real and put everybody in place. So I was a fan every time he was on the screen. Um, there totally were like white Rastafarians at my school. And the way that he dealt with them was so good. I don't even want to start with you. <laughs> it was actually great and perfect and how you handle things as a teacher. So yep, yep. applaud him. <laughs> I, recently, I recently watched uh, Can't Hardly Wait. And like the amount that trope in nine in late nineties movies or, or in early two thousand movies as like a high school trope is like crazy that it just like and, and those those aren't even in the like that's like the joking movies that's just like straight up the that, that was movie. like normal that was the yeah that was the generation yeah. yes crazy Aaron um my MVP not because I particularly loved her in the movie but her two like I was thinking of like. MVP moments and MVP like lines and she has both of them so I'd have to say Julia Stiles only because the line remove head from sphincter 
mm. like haunted me the rest of the movie. <laughs> and then also when she backs into Andrew Keegan's car oh. and literally like breaks that door. So proud I was of her. living my life. And her so, car and her car was yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. So not for her, her but for her, the moments that she was present for. I also say digestive pyrotechnics all the time. <laughs> uh, Haley. Uh, my MVP is definitely Daryl Mitchell, who is the teacher. Every time I, well, every time. I don't watch this movie often, but when I do watch this movie, I'm like, God, he's good. And this part is written very well but he brings it to a level of like it is better because he is playing that part and he reminds me of like not that I had like super quick-witted teachers like as quick as he was but like he does remind me of certain teachers that I had and I'm like thank god we have teachers like him Mm -hmm. um my MVP is Larry Miller as the dad um, his one-liners and quips are so funny. When he makes her put on the like fake baby belly, like that was so funny. He's just, he just like every scene he's in. I just believe him as a man whose wife left, who has to take care of these two daughters, who doesn't know anything better than what he's doing. Like, I, and he's so funny while doing it. Um, so that was that was definitely for me. And overall, I just can't believe I couldn't remember this movie at all. Um, and when we get to rankings, I'll talk about like my overall thoughts in general, but like more and rankings, excuse me. Um, but um, damn, this movie was. When he says kissing, is it what keeps me elbow deep in placenta all day? <laughs> <laughs> Incredible lines. Ah, so good. Well, for all of you who have signed up for our Patreon, um, we're going to play a game for you now. Uh, For those of you who are listening to us on the podcast feed, we're going to skip right to Rotten Tomatoes and our rankings. So let's uh, get right into Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Let's go around. What do you think the scores are for this one? For 10 Things I Hate About You, what is the score? Um, Whoever wants to go. I'll say 82 percent who's up next 78 i'll say 71 that's aaron i will say 86 oh i was gonna say 84 you still can okay so (laughs) you have all overshot it oh no i felt it but aaron is the Aaron My mom is shaking her head. Yeah, duh, you overshot that. Uh, <laughs> it has a 69 for both the... but for both. All appropriate. Uh, all appropriate for this teen I movie. I know. Yeah, of course. We all loved um, it. Of course it was overshot. <laughs> the critics' consensus is Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger add strong performances to an unexpectedly clever script, elevating 10 things slightly above typical teen fare. What are the 10 things? Do we know what the 10 things exactly are? It's her poem. Um, Got it. I hate the way I look at you. I hate the way you make me feel. I hate the way that he doesn't hate you. I hate that I don't hate you. I don't hate you at all. I don't hate you at all. Well, I don't think it's necessarily earned. It's a really good scene. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Um, I liked it better when it when Gretchen did it in um in Mean Girls. <laughs> this is Mean Girls one. I swear to God, because when Bernard, aka when Brian, is walking through the quad, he's like, "This is where these people sit, and this is where these people." Yep. Like, that's yeah. when I wrote. Just, I was like, so this, this is, is where the cowboys hang out. <laughs> Portland, Oregon. Wait, where were they in what in Seattle? Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, so many cowboys in Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> who knew? Who? Okay, knew? let's uh, let's and rank ranking. these. Let's and ranking these, Kevin. While I set this up, do you want to uh, remind everybody uh, how these uh, rankings are going to work? Yes. Yeah, so we do a simple and ranking score where everything gets a either one, two, or three. One being awesome, two being pretty good, and three being maybe not the best. And then on all of those levels, we can add a plus or minus. So if it's a plus, it makes it a little extra good. 
And then if it's a minus, it's a little extra not so good. Okay. So we are going to... All right. So here we have our air table for 10 things I hate about you. Um, who table. wants to go first? Give me your give me your ranking. It's a two plus. <sighs> it's a two plus. Kevin's giving it a two plus. Kimberly is giving it a two plus. Two for I'll me. say. Nikisha's giving it a two. 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 I'll give it a two as well. It's solid two. but problematic. I'm going one minus. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go to. I'm going to go two plus. Um, upon memory, I probably would have said there was a one plus. But like I did, I, it, it was definitely not as good as I remember it being. But I think what this, why this movie is really good is the chemistry and some of the acting from those, like, those young actors is like so magnetic that like it's totally, totally, totally digging it, man. So yeah. you're saying that I'm right, that it's a one minus. <laughs> I feel like anything between made between 1998 and 2002, Haley will automatically tier one. Yes, and of course. Why wouldn't I? The average here is a total two plus. Two. I will. I will plus. accept that. All right. So that's in a tier two plus. Um, and as we all may or may not know, also included in the tier pluses um, are, pluses. Uh, of course. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island, Descendants, Once Upon a Mattress, Been So Long, August Rush, and now, welcome to the two pluses, 10 Things I Hate About You. Woo! Right, solid. Awesome. Um, I'm going to stop sharing my screen there. Um, and, uh, of course, if you're on Patreon, you saw that. If you're not, uh, join our Patreon. You'll be able to see the video uh, for our actual ranking. All our patrons also get access to that sheet. Uh, don't Non-editable. Um, but um, we are uh, closing out here. And, um, you know, you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You'd be like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much. At long last, love has arrived. And thank God I'm alive. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off you. Did that make da, anyone else da, sad da, and da. happy at the same time? Because like, yes. he's so good in that scene. And I just miss him. Yep. I mean, he's well, good, but he's, he's pitchy. He is pitchy. And I, I, like that. He was. I actually love that. It felt... It felt more real and honest, and I enjoyed it. And all of his shenanigans with the the security were delightful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So good. Um, cool. Well, you can follow us at Broad Wasted. You can find us on things like Spotify and iTunes. Rate and review us there. Five, Five stars. stars, please. Thank you. Um, we are, um, again, we're doing these one-off episodes uh, for Fridays. Um, again, we're sticking with High School Shakespeare. Next week, we're uh, revisiting Andrew Keenan, Keenan and, um, uh, and, uh, Julia and Julia Stiles with uh, a little bit of O, uh, the Othello remake on that one, uh, or our uh, teen adaptation. We're excited for that. Um, Where can we watch it, Brian? You can, so you can find that on Hulu, but you need to have like a stars add-on uh, if you find it there. Um, super excited to watch that and talk about it with you all. Is that my um, Clyde Yeah, uh-huh. Work. And Josh Hartnett. Oh, yeah. He looks like a badger. He's Iago. Um, so good. Um, looking forward to all that. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Um, um, looking forward to that. Um, but um, you can find us on social media. Um, I didn't mention our Facebook, um, which is our Facebook group that Kevin runs. And then, as I mentioned, you can go onto our Patreon um, uh, and get all of this extra content, including these videos and things like that. Um, but as we end every episode, we raise our glasses and we say, Cheers. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.